Hey, Jeff, have you been seeing some of these videos that are going all over social media about, um, you know, the, the, the washing of the feet and the shining of the shoes and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I have. And, and uh, what I understand the nature of it and why a lot of people are, are doing that sort of thing. But I think it's really important that we touch on um, the cause and effect of these type of things. And um, in specific, uh, when one man should never bow, it, this is my opinion, of course, and I know this is going to be a controversial topic and we might catch a little bit of flack for this. Um, that's understandable. Um, we spent... Uh, an incredible amount of time in involved in white nationalism involved in far-right extremism and one thing that I can that I can uh, say is anytime you have any race of, of people that's bowing down before another another race of people whether it's feet washing whether it's asking for forgiveness uh, things like that it further polarizes things. And even though the, a lot of the people that are doing this, they have the greatest of intentions. Um, they're pure hearted, kind people, and they think that they're doing something that's noble and virtuous and good. But the problem that they're not seeing is, as a movement propagandist, one of the things that I did um, in the National Socialist Movement uh, when I was involved is, we would show these kind of videos to our membership. And, or, and to people we were working on recruiting, to people that were sympathetic. We put that stuff out to show them, look, here's white people, in, in this case, for example, bowing down before other, other people. And, I, you know, I think, personally, I think it's dangerous. It's really extremely dangerous because what it's going to do, even though the people believe that it's noble and virtuous, to do this and they're doing it with the pure intentions and no one's making them do it per se as a propagandist from the movement they will the movement and the far-right groups will use that material and show the public and show people look look white man you are being forced to bow down before black people even though that's not that's not what they're trying to do that's not the narrative that's the narrative that the far right is going to have so uh, i guarantee it that's what that's what they're doing so when these type of images are are shown on television shown on youtube shown in different places and people from the far right are seeing it they are using that to radicalize their people and to get them um stirred up and angry and it works it works we recruited people all day long with these type of tactics. When I was involved in the NSM, we specifically were showing a lot of videos from the race uh, riots and different things that were going on in South Africa. I remember this video uh, of a man being stripped and beaten to death in the streets while traffic was going by. Uh, and that was one of the things that we used to, to radicalize people. Now we're seeing videos from uh, all over the country in different places where these type of things are happening right here in America. And from the far right perspective, they will use that to radicalize um, their membership. At least that's, that's how I feel. What do you, what do you think about it? Well, I think that 
I think that as human beings, we have a, um, we have the capacity to, to empathize with what is going on and with the black race or any race for that matter, without having to feel like we are being now being took off in the, like an even playing field, for instance. Um, you know, to, to raise the black community up to feel equal is great. And that's one thing, but when they are now, what seems like pushing the, the white race below, where's the equality in that then? Yeah. And I, I think it's important and, and we, uh, I mean, we both agree. I think I can speak for us both on this, that we do empathize with the movement and that the mo not the movement, excuse me, like the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, that, that black people should have equal rights and they should not be persecuted. They should not, uh, like what happened to George Floyd was absolutely horrific. I think just about everybody in America can agree that was absolutely horrible, mm -hmm. it never happened. And uh, the abuse of police officers involved in that, you know, need to face justice. I don't think there's, there's very few people in this country, I think that would disagree with that statement. Um, and I agree with the peaceful protests and, and um, no one in this country should be made to feel uh, lesser or, or anything like that. But at the same time, no one should be uplifted over someone else. No one should be uh, bowing down before anyone else. The moment you do that, I mean, we're hearkening back to like slavery times where, you know, one one race is being subjugated over another. And that's, you know, that's the type of thing that led to the racial problems in the United States that we're dealing with today and, and, and um, in other countries as well. But I mean, our focus, you know, is mainly here on in America and race, race relations have been awful. And uh, doing things like that, no matter how pure or noble the intentions of the individuals are that are behind that, it radicalizes others it will radicalize people and it will make matters worse so i mean that's why we're discussing this you know controversial uh topic today and i i know there's people out there that don't want to hear this stuff and they, and they think that uh uh what we're saying is wrong we've been there we were there in the far right we know what we used as tools and as propaganda to propagandize our people. And what we're seeing right now, a propagandist in the movement doesn't even have to try right now. All they have to do is simply click, 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 click one after another. There's these images of things that will radicalize them because of some of this. And, and I'm not taking away by saying that, I don't wanna take anything away from the peaceful movement and the peaceful protests that are calling for justice because those things are important. But what I feel like is that extremists are controlling the narrative right now, and you've got the extreme far right on one side and the extreme far left on the other. And both extremists are carrying and trying to control the narrative. And those are the minority of, of people in this country. I think the majority is right where we're at in the middle, that people want to see justice for George Floyd. People want to see the end of police abuse and, and uh misuse of force and, and things like that. Um, and I, I think all of us in America can agree on that. But what we don't want to see is any one race subjugated to another or any one race lifted up over another because that's what right. causes the problems. Right, exactly. 
exactly. I agree. Excuse me. Hey, excuse me. I work for Black Lives Matter. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I work for Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry that I scared you. But since I work for that company, my CEO has told me to come out today and to bring you on your knees because you have white privilege. So if they see that a white person is getting on their knees, that shows solidarity for the situation. The situation. And could you just please apologize for, you know, for your white privilege? Just apologize? I am. I'm trying to think of the right words to say because that's, that's a big thing to say. It's, it's big. It comes from it's, so, it's large in this country. You know, with this country, we have that president, Donald Duck, that clown in office. You know, he's brought a lot of bigotry, and you're not a part of it, right? No. No. And so, you know, Thank just... You Personally, you know, when I see a clip like this, I, I know how unhealthy I believe, I feel that is. And again, um... A lot of people will say, okay, it's coming from a place that, you know, white people did a lot of terrible things to black people in this country um, over the years, um, through the slavery times, up, up until the civil rights movement. And even now, I mean, you still have uh, a lot of uh, disparity and things of that nature. But um, like for the young woman in the video, what is she apologizing for? Like, she didn't own a slave. She's not, um, uh, who, as far as we know, um, hasn't oppressed anyone personally or anything like that. So um, I, for one, don't feel like we as white people today should have to apologize for the sins of the past. That's just like saying, okay, well, Charles Manson or Jeffrey Dahmer were white guys. And we should apologize for them because we're white too. That it doesn't make any sense. It's not sensible. Um, if we were the ones in our case, like in my case, uh, especially, I hurt a lot of people over the years and said a lot of uh, terrible things. And I feel like I will apologize, and I do apologize for uh, my past behavior because those were things that I did. Those were things that I have to take uh, responsibility for as a human being. Um, I didn't own any slaves. I, my ancestors weren't even in this country during the slavery times. Uh, you know, so I'm not going to apologize for that. And I don't feel like this whole white guilt thing is healthy. And I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's, it's a good uh, positive thing for people to engage in because it radicalizes other people to fight against it. You know, not to apologize for something you didn't do. I mean, what are your thoughts? Exactly. Um, have you seen the the posts and the videos of um, some white parents having their children apologize? I mean, that's just not, it's not mentally healthy. I mean, everyone, no one should be feel guilty or ashamed of the color they were born. Everyone should have pride in the color they were born in their own culture, there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't make someone a bad or evil person. Um, and what I'm seeing for the last couple few weeks now are all these posts of parents having their children write signs, you know, uh, 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 I'm sorry, I have white privilege. That is 
it's it's just not healthy. It's not healthy at all for for people to be doing to their children. And I think it actually almost borders child abuse. And um, and I would be saying this for any race doing that. Any race. I don't. No one should be doing that. Right. And it's and this it's not even it's that it's a, a black and white or brown or yellow or anything like that. It's just not a healthy thing for any individual I feel to be engaging in this in this type of behavior and right. if nothing else it causes animosity it causes a lot of animosity in anyone that feels like um, you know it, I, I mean put yourself in a situation you're walking down the street like in the case of the clip that we just saw um, somebody you know, runs up to you out of nowhere and approaches you and says, hey, you need to apologize for being white and for your privilege. Uh, you know, you say that to the wrong person. It, anybody, I, I mean, we're seeing right now, um, and unfortunately I've spent an incredible amount of time uh, in the past few weeks watching videos from all over the country, from protests, from riots, from some of the, you know, racial, uh, uh, fighting and different things like that that are going on in different parts of the country and you you can feel the negative energy that's coming from so many people you look on social media I mean all you have to do is flip on Twitter or uh, Facebook or anything like that and you're seeing now middle of the road people becoming radicalized because like I said you have the extremists controlling the narrative whether it's the far left or the far right and now um, anybody carrying an American flag into in certain places, uh, we were seeing that's considered racist or hateful. Um, I mean, we could maybe we have a, a clip of that as well. But um, there's so many different things like this that are going on. We're seeing regular people that would have never been radicalized or would have never found interest in the movement finding themselves in these groups, whether it's on the far left or the far right. And a lot of, and I'm saying as far as coming from the white supremacist side or the white nationalist side, a lot of people are falling into that now because this white guilt thing is making people really angry. And um, if I was still involved in the movement, I can tell you I would be, I, that's the stuff I'd be using to recruit because it works. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, it just blows my mind. And I think many people, I think there's many people that, you know, involved in Black Lives Matter that have a good heart and, um, you know, they're, they're not trying to do anything sneaky with it. But there's also a lot of people that are using it for very, you know, bad intentions for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's just it. I mean, it's like a, it's a good cause. And I don't, I don't think that um, a lot of the people that are involved in this, they simply don't see it. I don't think it's nefarious or I don't think it's that they're sitting back um, plotting to cause problems between the races. I really honestly believe that a lot of the people just simply don't see this. They don't understand this narrative or this or the nuances of these of these things. And you know, you and I discussed this before before the show even. As former extremists, when we talk about things like this, there's people that'll twist our words or that will say, "Oh, we're making excuses or we're sticking up for the white people or things like that." Hey, if we were sticking up for specifically the white people and and this is 
what we wanted was to incense people against each other and to get the races against each other, all we'd be doing is promoting, you know, is showing this stuff and saying, and, and keep it rolling. What we're, what we're trying to do is warn America because we've had these lived experiences. We've come out of these specific groups that use these things to radicalize people. And what we're trying to do here is warn people that this is not helping. It's going to make things worse. It's going to radicalize people and it's going to tear our country apart if some if we don't have some real leadership in this country stepping up, we've got things going on in this country right now where you've got autonomous zones, where <laughs> people with American flags are being attacked if they walk in there. Um, no police, uh, just what, yesterday or the day before, some people were shot and died yep. or one guy died. And, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's going to get worse if people don't start heeding these warnings. Um, I mean, what is wrong with that? What, they're just that just blows my mind that they're allowing this to go on. Right. I don't think, have we seen anything like this in our lifetimes where, you know, where they're saying, Oh, well, let the police station go because we don't want to uh, risk anybody's life defending the police station. Okay. Well, there's a murderer down the street here too, but Hey, if we go try to stop him, he might murder some more people. So should you just let him go? I mean, that's the, the senselessness of that that type of thing. Well, let's let them just take the police stations or the city hall and and uh, hmm, you know, for example, in in the Chaz zone in Seattle, I guess the mayor has even went so far as to like uh, give them new barricades that they could uh, draw graffiti on and uh, brought toilets and things like that in there. I mean, I don't know if if the public has read some of these things uh what the demands are there but they're not talking about just defunding the police i mean uh, they're talking about completely getting rid of it now people are losing their lives there and businesses are being held uh, uh i saw a video yesterday of a business owner's fence getting kicked down and smashed down right on the edge of that uh zone and the police wouldn't even come you know so uh, they're also they're also from what I've read and seen in videos, uh, store owners are saying that they are being forced to pay these gangs, whatever this gang is that's in charge, uh, like the mob used to do, <laughs> you know, the extortion. It's really disturbing. White person, $10 as well. Sorry, what? I heard that each white person had to pay $10. Oh wow, I haven't I haven't seen that yet. I wanted to ask you too, Jenna. Um, I think it's it's really interesting to our viewers and listeners on this uh, podcast or video cast um, that we should talk a little bit about how you were raised and how you grew up. Um, you know, growing up from a very young age. I mean, from uh, since you were born, you know, your family was involved in the movement. So I think your, your experiences and your insights to this sort of thing are really incredibly important. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about how, like the family structure in this, in this type of thing, how what we're seeing today um, would be shown to children that their families are involved in, in the far right in, in our case so from the far right's perspective how how does it affect the children and how would 
um, for example, just how would your father have shown you, like if he was here right now, um, looking at the, what was going on with society and you were a child, how would that have uh, been presented to you? What's going on now? Well, everything that's going on right now is literally everything that I was always told growing up that eventually would happen. It's, it's all coming true, <laughs> right? You know, right before our eyes, um, he would basically, he would just have to turn the TV on. See, told you, this is what, this is what's going to happen. I told you. So there wouldn't really be much, um, you know, having to convince or anything like that just just seeing that um you know the white race is being told to apologize even though like you said we weren't here i i can tell you one thing i would have never owned a human being i would have never enslaved another human being and most people wouldn't you know i i mean even people in the movement grow in the white power movement growing up I heard them say the same thing. Not all of them. I'm sure there was a, you know, a, a decent plenty that, you know, scumbags and, and would do that. But many people, you know, that growing up, I heard say the same thing. They would have never done that. Um, but even ju just to, to remove that group of people, the normal American would not do that. You know, they would have never done that. So to just have someone apologize, yes, I feel bad. I think it was awful. You know, I, I do not agree with it. It was disgusting, but I didn't do it. My children didn't do it. So I think there is a big difference between empathizing and admitting to something, uh, you know, practically begging for forgiveness over something you didn't do. And I wouldn't, I would tell anybody that don't do that. No matter what color you are, you don't do that. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, and it's a tough subject for us to talk about because, you know, we say these things, um, again, there's people that want to twist it into something that it isn't. And we're saying these things because we're trying to get the conversation going to try to have dialogue and understanding that these are serious issues and no matter uh you know we could we could flip the script in in the sense and say um okay so white people did own slaves here in this country and and did terrible things um to black people and uh those people that had done those things should be held accountable just as with the police there's bad cops. You know, we saw one, you know, put his knee on the neck of George Floyd until he died. And the man was pleading for his life. It was, it was horrific, you know. But all of a sudden, society, the media, whatever, is using this broad paintbrush and saying all the cops in the entire system, basically, and no one's saying it in these words, but this is, this is the message that the public is hearing is that now um, police are bad and we have to get rid of them because there was, you know, there's these instances where bad police did some bad things. 
can't we see this as sure there should be better training and there should be and there's lots of things we can do to fix the police departments and there's necessary you know the criminal justice system in this country that could be a whole nother show because it's it's corrupt in a lot of ways it's really bad and we have more people in prisons per capita than even yep. some of the most oppressive third world nations in the world um there's so many people in the prison system so by no means are we coming in here trying to um make any less or make light of that um you know oh, and the fact that is it's not there there are a lot of corrupt police and there are a lot of people who die at the hands of police of all races and that's just the cold hard facts right why why are why is society going okay well this officer killed this black man um i saw a, a video of a young white man begging for his life and crawling in a hotel hallway and he was so scared and the cops telling him get down on your knees and put your hands mm -hmm. behind your All head that. he put his hands behind his head and then he moved them behind his back and the cop was like hey i don't know if you have a weapon there don't do that again or i'm gonna shoot you and he was yelling at him and this kid you know i mean you never know how one's gonna react in a situation like that but looking at the video you could tell this guy was so scared he wasn't gonna pull no weapon but um he did it again you know he moved his hands back there again and the cop just blew him away and yeah. you don't see white people um most i mean i hadn't even heard heard of that until i was you know doing research for the show and and um looking at uh, some of these things that took place I think as a society, if we want to be more colorblind and stop seeing, of course, everybody's going to see color. We all see color. But if we stop judging people based on the color of their skin or stop placing blame, instead of saying, hey, there were some bad officers that did some bad things, they need to pay the price. Instead, we're having people riot in this country and attack police officers, kill police officers. There was a couple that some got poisoned in New York and yeah. some have been killed since this stuff is going on it's really i mean execution style stuff i mean really violent bad terrible things happening and you can't say a lot of these people that are in the police departments are good people that have families and um, are providing uh for their children and all that sort of thing to say well because this guy uh that killed george floyd and some of the fellow officers and other corrupt police from different parts of the country and blaming the whole police department across the country it makes no sense it's like saying well there's some black people out there rioting so all black people are rioters or saying you know like i say right. the script because some black people are rioting and burning down cities should we run up to random black people on the streets and go hey you need to apologize you need to get down on your knees and apologize to exactly. me as a white man because your people were out there riding absolutely not and if anybody does it they're caught they're part of the problem so right. why is why can we reverse that right yep very good point there there are uh just from me being in like mom groups and things like that for for parenting and stuff on facebook there are wives saying that their, you know, their husband uh, is a police officer and they're begging them not even to go to work. Their children are crying when daddy's leaving, scared.
that something bad's going to happen just because they're a police officer. That's awful. It's awful what's going on. Hate will not stomp out hate. That's just, it's not going to work. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Cause that, that, that's hate does not hate begets hate, you know, and we know that from our lived experiences. Um, and just like, I believe we mentioned it on the last show, you know, no one's ever left the movement by getting punched in the face. Violence mm -hmm. begets violence, hate begets hate. And if you have, uh, um, the more this stuff is amplified by the media, by people in general, on social media, uh, regular media, and just people in general, what we're seeing is regular people that should be middle of the road that don't like, the, you know, the left extreme or the right extreme, getting radicalized because they feel like they're being forced to choose sides. And this is something I'm hearing, and obviously I don't drop names or things like that, but I'm hearing from people literally almost every day. And some of these people are, have been out of the movement. You know, they're not public like we are, but there's dozens, hundreds, hundreds of people that have left the movement over the years that are out and they're against racism. And I'm getting contacted all the time by people that are just lit up, angry. And I wouldn't consider these people radicals. They might've been radicals before in the past, right. but they're where we're at you know, they came out of that and we're seeing regular, normal people that normally wouldn't be involved in any of this stuff all of a sudden radicalizing because they're getting mad about the, the bowing and the begging um, or they're getting mad about the rioting or they're, see, you know, seeing some of these videos where white people are attacking blacks or black people are attacking whites and it's radicalizing people on all sides of the spectrum. And I, I do want to run another clip and, and I really like your thoughts on this. I don't know if you've seen it or not, Jen, but this is uh, okay. from right here in Michigan um, in the Flint area. Um, can we run the clip? Boy. Oh, oh. Boy, do that for your thoughts on that one jen my thoughts are why wasn't that on cnn or fox or one of the other mainstream news why not I'm, I'm almost at a loss for words myself. So I was, <laughs> uh, it's, it's. Is that a hate crime? I think it should be. If someone mean, does. I saw another, I saw another version of that video hurt. that showed his face and that you wasn't bleeping out all the words where you could actually hear it. And at first, um, some of the, the, feedback I had saw on it, they said, oh, well, the reason he attacked him is because, well, the kid looks like he's about a 15-year-old white boy, maybe 16, and the guy that was hitting him is a pretty good-sized guy. So first of all, like, what are you going to, why are you going to do that? Um, now, supposedly, they claim, the guys recording it and filming it claimed that uh, the young man that was on the ground uh, being beaten by this grown man was um, had said the n-word um, Macy's which that happened in Macy's out by Flint uh, they ran the security footage and, and all that and 
there was no racial epithets uh, stated. It was an unprovoked attack. So um, this was just random act of violence uh, here a couple days ago. I mean, we've got so much of this kind of stuff going on. Uh, uh, there was another horrible video from some of the rioting that showed this guy uh, being it's one after another. I mean, I, I can't even, I can't even say how many videos there is because it's countless showing people just brutally, brutally being uh, stomped on the ground. And, and uh, it's, it's a miracle more of these people are not dying, you know, uh, with some of this horrific uh, violence, you know, that actually was uh, a fairly mild video compared to some of the ones we've seen that probably are almost too graphic to even show on this uh, program. No one can sit there and tell me that it wasn't racially motivated. It's a hate crime. And it really should be, you know, he should be charged with a hate crime. And unfortunately, when you have groups of people that are pushing for this narrative, which th they might be verbally saying in, in one, in, you know, in, uh, in one breath, equality, equality, but then actions and all the other words, that is not at all what's going on. It's, that's not at all what the narrative is. And this, unfortunately, is exactly what's going to happen, what we just saw in that video. Well, we seem to be seeing a really big uptick in racial violence around the country right now. And we're seeing reports and, and news. Um, and you got to search a lot of this stuff because they just show on the nightly news. I feel like they don't really show all what's going on. You just see. Because uh, it doesn't follow their narrative. Right. And, and you don't even know what's going on in some of the different cities. Like when we were doing research for the project, we were coming up on one from even uh, we saw a video in York, Pennsylvania, where it showed a, a woman being dragged out of her car and people jumping on the roof of the car and smashing out all yep, the windows. I saw that. And it, it was like two weeks ago. And it, we For just. No reason. Uh, yeah. No reason whatsoever. Completely unprovoked. So what, what we're seeing is the breakdown of law and order in the country and we're seeing racism I, I feel like right now the racism in the country is at such a heightened level. It's pro it's, it's worse. The racism right now, I feel like is worse than at any time in my lifetime, even, at the, even, you know, when we were involved in the movement, I mean, this is the kind of stuff like you had said earlier, um, that was predicted, you know, by the movement. And this is exactly what they want, you know, this and, is want exactly what they want. and wanted. I'm sorry, what? I was just going to say it's, and it's also what they wanted, right? As you said the same thing. Right, right. We're saying the same things. And, and that's, that's exactly it. it. It was the far right wishes, hoped for, planned for a civil war, a race war, a societal breakdown, and the acceleration of the end of the government. And from the far and right perspective- far wants the same thing as yeah. far as I'm Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And um, the difference, there's, there's similarities and there's differences. And, oh, you know, this is hot 
hot button stuff right here. And especially, I know when I criticize the far right, um, and I'm sure you've gotten it as well, you know, they'll, they'll call us traitors. They'll say, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> threaten us, you know, we've both been there, we, you know, and, and then on the far, when you criticize the far left and I, I probably get just as many, if not more threats from the far left, because I'll call out this stuff too. I'll say, Hey, this is communism. This is anarchy. This is Antifa. And people get mad. Oh, Antifa is, no, our veterans in World War II were Antifa and all these weird things. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Antifa was, was founded by the communists. I mean, you know, you can look it up. Anybody can look it up. It's very simple. You know what? That's the other thing. People, it, it all comes down to, I don't care what a group even calls themselves. What are their actions? What are they preaching? Exactly. Exactly. And, and I'm not picking on nobody. We're not, we're not saying, oh, we're just coming here. We're going to do this show and blast Antifa or blast the far right, you know, and both sides are extremists. And I'm not saying everybody on the left is bad. I have many friends that are on the left that yeah, are good, wonderful, decent human beings, mm -hmm. amazing people. And I know people on the right as well, conservatives and things like that, that are good, wonderful, amazing people as well. Um, and even when you go into the extremism parts, not everybody that's involved in extremism is a piece of garbage. You know, there's people that get hooked in there that believe that they're doing the right things. I know we did when we were there. Um, we thought we were doing something good and noble. And um, there's those people in there. And there is really bad people in there as well. There's really violent, terrible people as well. So no one's getting a free pass here. Um, not on this program. If you do wrong, whether you're a cop, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're right, whether you're left, if you're doing yep. a crappy thing and you're hurting other people, we're going to call you out. Simple as that. Absolutely. Say it again louder, Jeff. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stuff gets me worked up. I mean, it really does because it's like. Let it out. We're, Let we're it trying out. to, we're trying to help. We're trying to save our country here. And these people are like, oh no, you're just being mean to the left or you're just being mean to the right. You know, you're this, you're that. No, people need to start listening because what we're doing is we're forewarning. We're trying to stop this violence. We're trying to save lives. We're trying to stop our cities and our country from being burned down and destroyed. And this is one of the big reasons that I left the movement in the first place was because I saw this stuff coming. I felt it coming. I knew it was coming. We predicted it all those years and here it is. And people don't want to listen still. And instead of listening and taking this stuff in and understanding and, and using their brains, they're going, Oh no, you're still being radical. How is what we're saying? Radical. This is rational. This is from people that were there. We know this. We use these tactics to radicalize. Yep. Now we're seeing it in real time and people need to start listening or we're going to lose our country. It's simple as that. Yeah, I, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's really been ticking me off lately seeing all these posts from people that I didn't think I would ever see posts like this come from. And it is... Uh, all it is doing is making everything worse from someone and from people who are supposed to be, you know, knowledgeable about these things and want peace and unity. But sowing discord is uh, 
not helping whatsoever. But yet when, when people like you and I come out and we say these things, we are the problem. And I, I think we should talk about that a little bit. Um, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I do want to address it. I think as formers, and I think this is really important, I think it's incredibly important because, you know, and we discussed this uh, privately, you know, before even doing this show, that as formers, I believe a lot of the other guys and, and gals that I know that um, have been involved in extremism, they're afraid to say these things, even though a lot of them know these truths and they know, they know this stuff. Some of them don't because they weren't involved long enough. If you were involved for a year or two, or in some, in some cases, a few months, you don't know these things. You don't, you don't understand these things. Um, those of us I'm, that spent many, many years in it, that lived it, that, you know, this was our life, you know, this was something that we participated in a long time. We understand these nuances a little better, but I think, there's a lot of fear and it takes, um, it takes a little bit of courage to come out and say these things because there is people that don't want to hear this stuff from former extremists. They don't, they don't want to believe it or they think they know better or they think, well, I'm an academic. I've studied this for 10 years and I know better than you. No, you don't. I mean, there's things that you know that maybe we don't know, but those of us that were there, that were part of this stuff, that were the foot soldiers on the ground that, or that were orchestrating it from the propaganda perspective, especially, we know exactly what we were doing when we were in there. And now we're trying to warn people because we don't want to see our country destroyed. And I think, and, you know, we've discussed this before too. We're taking risks by just saying this stuff. We're going to get... Uh, bad feedback and threats from the far right for saying this stuff because we're exposing their narratives and we're going to get feedback and negativity from the far left that are mad that you know we're showing them you know for what they're doing so you have neither side is right neither side is correct i mean you know so um it and we're not parroting someone else's narrative we're not saying like this is okay or making excuses for it. I, you know, I've seen so much, and we could probably touch on this too a little bit, Jen, but um, there's a lot of well-intentioned and, and good people out there that think or that are making excuses for rioting, for the destruction of our cities and saying, well, they were oppressed, so it's okay that they should burn things down or take over police departments. I mean, what is your thoughts on that, on, on some of the people that are excusing some of this behavior or, or, or cheering it on in some cases? I honestly, it's hard to put into words. It's shocking. It's shocking how anyone could excuse any of that behavior whatsoever. Look, I get it. When you see someone, uh, you know, murdered, like, like George Floyd was, I get it. I was pissed myself. And to be quite honest with you, my first reaction was burn it all down. <laughs> you know, that was, that was my very first reaction. But that's, you know, the moment of anger and you can't act on those things. You, you can't act on uh, with emotions. You have to be logical about things. You can't, you know, to, to where you can't paint everyone with a broad brush. 
And right now you have people who are reacting emotionally. You have a group of, uh, you know, another group of people um, who are just using this as an excuse to just go out and keep doing things, criminal things, because they always have. And then you have another big group of people who are, they're really not thinking for themselves whatsoever. They're following the herd. That's all it is. And yeah, like you said, we're going to get a lot of backlash from saying this. You know, we've talked, you know, privately and I've said, I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if I can say that, but you know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to speak how I feel. And if, if someone doesn't like it, that's their problem. The truth, there's a, is a quote I'm looking for, but the truth fears no consequence or the truth fears. No oh, truth, uh, truth, fear does not fear investigation. Is that what, where you're going with that's, that? That's, there's, there's so many about the truth because. That's my, truth, that's my, yes, yes, it's absolutely good. And, and that's, that's the thing. So um, sure, we're going to upset people by saying some of these things and we're going to, um, you know, it, it's in our personal best interest. It's not in our personal best interest to talk about these things because um, I feel like uh, there's people that would like us to state whatever their narrative is, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, far left, far right, it doesn't matter. But the truth does not fear any consequences. And uh, I mean, mm -hmm. we're. I mean, I can't sleep at night. I could. I would not be able to sleep at night if I just repeated things like a parrot. And you know what, what, what I've noticed is all of these slogans and stuff and we can, I mean, I'm not going to really, this isn't about COVID or anything, but it was the same thing when COVID started, all of these slogans that came into play and people, they just stop thinking for themselves. They start repeating everything because it's, what everyone else is doing. I've never been like that, ever. I've never been that person. And at 41 years old, I'm not gonna start now. Absolutely, and I, I think it's really critical. We're at a critical juncture right now where we're not seeing leadership from a lot of our politicians and, and so-called community leaders. And um, you've got, you know, as, as you know, we briefly touched on, um, earlier, I mean, you have cities in America right now where people are setting up so-called autonomous zones and uh, uh, where there's no police, no law and order, you're hearing, um, you know, it, well, well, let's just talk about Seattle for a minute in the so-called CHAZ or they're calling it the CHOP uh, zone now. Um, specifically, I've been watching some of the, you know, there's been undercover reporters that have gone in there that have uh, filmed stuff. The Seattle mayor is on television saying, hey, it's like a wonderful block party. It's, it's all fun and all this kind of stuff. And then the moment it gets dark, people are getting shot and raped and killed. And, and uh, you know, people are blocking the paramedics from coming in there and people are dying. It's just un, unbelievable. I mean, and that's, it's like, it's the whole concept of it. It's like, okay, everybody's sharing and it's just this wonderful thing that sounds great on paper a lot of things sound great on paper but in reality when you have uh all it takes is one unhinged individual or one uh criminally minded individual to you know 
start, uh, you know, doing things that are not acceptable and, and then what? It's just mass chaos. And then with the herd mentality, it's even, it seems to be even worse because um, a lot of people, I think, that wouldn't even engage in criminality um, we're seeing around the country with the burning and looting and stuff like that. You know, they're just seeing an opportunity. Well, hey, everybody else is running in there and getting a free pair of Nikes. You know, maybe I should too. Or everybody else yeah. is throwing firebombs at the police station. Maybe I should yeah. too. And no, there's no consequences, you know? Exactly, exactly. I mean, that place, that Chaz place, that's like a, a criminal's playground right now. I mean, they're walking around with, with AKs and stuff. It just blows my mind. Blows my mind making people pay money and, and there, where you know there not everything with it is bad per se like you know um one of the reporters that was covering some of the violence and things like that they said yeah in the daytime it was nice most of the people were treating each other right and and being uh kind to one another and and there, there was good things there too so i mean i don't want i don't think we should just uh uh, focus on the bad. I mean, of course, there's good things too, and not everybody involved in it is bad or anything like that. But you have to go back to the laws of the of the land and the nation, unless you know this is what the nation wants, and everybody wants some sort of uh, violent revolution uh, to take place. Um, you can't just say, "Hey, this." I mean, what it it reminded me of something uh, a lot of us in the movement used to talk about was like balkanization and the movement still talks about it, um, where you have like what happened in Yugoslavia, where you have ethnic groups, the Serbs, the Croats, the Bosnians, et cetera, and so forth. And they're breaking down into these areas and then they were having ethnic cleansing because the Serbs wanted the Bosnians out of their areas and vice versa. And so you're having all this killing and ethnic cleansing, which happened in our lifetime that was going on in the nineties. Um, and, mm -hmm. uh, that's that's where this is headed and the hatred the the racial hatred that's getting worked up um is coming from some of the some of it's coming from these behaviors um where you know say as a as a black person you're watching what happened to george floyd or you're watching some of the other videos where black people have been gunned down of course you're going to be angry you have every right to be angry i think all people should be angry when they see things like that but grabbing a gun and going and taking out a white person or making someone beg for forgiveness that didn't do nothing to you is not the right tactic either. So what it's doing is it's radicalizing those other people or so white person, for example, um, like our example, uh, my example from the movement days where we showed a video of a uh, white person being uh, stoned to death in the street uh, in South Africa. We use that as propaganda to make white people angry and at black people and and we told them hey this is what's coming to america so you better get ready you better get armed you better you better train you better prepare for the race war the civil war yep. we, we shoved that propaganda down people's throats in, in my case for you know over two decades and uh so clearly these are obvious things that uh that people should understand and and uh i i hope that our voices amplify and people can uh you know take some of this stuff in before we head down a, a murderous dangerous road in this country that's going to be more brutal and, and horrible than um 
anything most of us have probably seen in our lifetimes. Well, what breaks the cycle of hate? It's love. Love is the only thing that's going to break that cycle. Not what's going on now. Absolutely. And I, I think, I mean, how do you envision that? I mean, I know where you're going with this and I, and I, and I, I think it's really important because we've focused on a lot of negative things so far. So how do we fix it, Jen? How, how do we fix it, it? You know, it's in my mind, it just seems so easy. You know, when I, when I, you know, I'm watching, you know, TV, social media videos on there, um, or just, you know, in person dealing with people. I, it's just easy. I just care about people, <laughs> you know, regardless of skin color. And uh, just know that, you know, they're human beings. That's, you know, we're all the same. We're just happening to be born with a different skin color. And I, I really think that I used to, I used to say, I don't see color. I don't say that anymore because that's, that's kind of ignorant in a way, it, you know, it, obviously we see skin color. We are different colors, but it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter whatsoever. And to keep harping on it though, always bringing someone, you know, each other's skin color into issues keeps it going as far as I'm concerned. It just keeps it going. Right. Well, I mean, we all, we all heard, you know, growing up and stuff, you know, and, and, you know, we wholeheartedly believe it, you know, that society should be colorblind in, in that sense. And of course, yes, we see color, but we shouldn't, it shouldn't define us. Like Correct. as a man or as a, a woman in your case, as individuals, we should be defined by our actions, our deeds, what we are, you know, how we act, how we treat one another, how, how we behave not based on oh well that guy's white or that guy or all asians are great at math because they're asian you know or all black people are good at sports because they're black that's so ignorant and stupid and, that, and that's the stuff that we fell for which got us uh, you know in the movement in the first place is those broad brush stereotypes it's the same thing where people say all cops are dirty because there's been a bunch of dirty cops across the country those are bad individuals bad human beings not or and in some or in some cases individuals that made mistakes and, and that not that it's excusable but that have to take responsibility for those mistakes um to broad brush or broad paint everybody into a, a box because of the color is is not right it's uh unhealthy and amplifying those things by pointing them out I, I think causes resentment and it breeds hatred. It breeds anger and, um, and division. Absolutely. Yeah. It, here, here's what I think you, you, to go back to your question, I think it starts at home. It starts at home because my children, um, especially, you know, recently with my younger children, they didn't, they didn't even understand that there was a difference. They literally just looked at people as people. And sadly, when I had to, uh, I felt I had to explain to them, explain racism to them, 
and they, they were actually outraged. They thought it was horrible, um, but they, they didn't understand, you know, whatsoever. They, they were, you know, especially my youngest, he, he was like, why, but we're all the same. It's just a different color, that's all. And, you know, it made me really proud, especially coming from, you know, where I come from. You know, I was like, thank God. Thank God, this is, I was just so proud of them. You know, I started crying <laughs> and then they didn't understand that either because they have no idea about my past. No, I, I just can't uh, tell them. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say you broke the cycle, Jen. And Yes, we did. Really, we, that's really uh, amazing and special and, and it's fantastic. It is, it is. And And then, sometimes they're trying to look over my shoulder when I'm watching these videos and, and stuff because I don't want it to naturally radicalize them. So I, I'm trying to shield them from that. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine, Daryl Davis, you know, he had, uh, you know, we're talking about people when they were kids and things like that. And uh, Daryl's black. Uh, for those that don't know him, uh, he's a, world famous musician he used to play with Chuck Berry and Little mm -hmm. Richard and he's, he's a really uh, fantastic human being and when I first met Daryl he had told me about when he was a, a boy scout or a cub scout and how people and they, he was in a parade and people were throwing rocks at him and he's like seven eight years old and he this is very similar to like um, when you said you were explaining about uh, to your son about um, racism and didn't really un didn't get it because he was kind of shielded from from that which is fantastic you know um, Daryl uh, was similar like he didn't realize why they were throwing rocks at him and they were throwing rocks at him because he was black and um, you know his parents had to kind of explain that to him at that age so um, that helped motivate him on this quest which you know he's on to this day uh, We've done speaking engagements and things like that together. And uh, uh, to this day, Daryl will say to people, like, uh, how can you hate me when you don't know me? And it's a, right. a simple little thing like that. Like, if you break down that statement, like, how, why would you hate somebody that you don't know? You know, or it, it, it's so simple, but how you wouldn't, why would you hate somebody you don't know? How could you? Why? You know, so it's it's like, I, I feel like we have a lot that we can, because of our past and because of uh, of our of our life experiences and stuff, there's a lot we can teach the public and um, there's a lot to be learned from our, our shared experiences and things like that. And that's one of the reasons we're, uh, uh, Jen and I, we're doing this, uh, this program is to try to help educate and uh, teach others and, and uh, things of that nature. 